Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Ridgeview Church. My name is Alex. I'm the pastor here. And today we launch a brand new series called Streams of Thought. So we're going to be talking a lot about what happens in between our ears in our mind. And just on the chat, as we get things started, I know we've been able to greet each other and say hi, but I have a question for you, and this is something I'd like you to participate on. How many thoughts a day do you think the average person has? How many thoughts a day do you think the average person has? Go ahead on the chat, just just take a guess. I'm going to just give you a, a couple seconds to do that. Go ahead, don't be shy, just put a, put a guess down there. Okay, we're starting to see some of those. Well, did you know that the average person has about 50,000 thoughts a day? I had no idea. When I thought of that, that was surprising to me. What that made me realize is there is a lot of things going on in my mind that, which is funny, I don't ever think about, although I'm thinking about so many things. The issue is, and what we're going to be focusing on this series, is that our mind tends to lead us in a direction. And another question I have for you is, out of the 50,000 thoughts that you may have or the 50,000 thoughts that I may have, what of those thoughts are constructive? Like they're helpful, they're, they're leading us in the right direction. Or what percentage of those are destructive? Like maybe they're, they're leading us down a path or they're leading us to draw conclusions that maybe aren't true, aren't helpful uh, for our lives. So in this series, we're talking about all these thoughts that come into our head and what do we do with them? What you find is, is when you decide to follow Jesus, you adopt life in his way, he actually gives us the power to redirect and to direct our thoughts in the right way. And what you find is what you think about actually tends to lead you in a certain direction. So in this series, we're going to be talking about this specifically. I think this season is is a great time to talk about this because in my own life, I thought over the last 12 Sundays, this is our 12th Sunday doing church online. Can you believe that? 12 Sundays. Well, over these past 12 Sundays, I began to think like how many of my thoughts have been helpful? How many of my thoughts have maybe led me down a path that's not helpful or again is maybe destructive, making me kind of think things I shouldn't think or lead me to do things that, that I shouldn't do? Well, as I looked back on my own life, I thought, you know what? I've had a lot of discouraging thoughts. I've had frustrations. I've had disappointments. And if you're like me, uh, you probably have as well. I think in this season, one of the most common thoughts we have is just the sense of what we thought would happen and it didn't. Uh, Related to Ridgeview, especially for me as the pastor, I was so looking forward to Easter. We had plans in place. We had ordered 5,000 door hangers. And I remember going to pay and to pick up the door hangers, basically to take the inventory from them, but for no use at all. There was nothing we could do with them because our Easter plans completely changed. Uh, Right now, we would have been gearing up for sports camp, which we were planning to do in mid-June. As you know, I mean, the city of Fontana is not even open yet. And the thoughts of gathering large crowds of kids, that that just doesn't make sense. So I know for me, a lot of my thoughts that that ended up kind of going in the wrong direction were just tied to disappointment. And it's okay to be disappointed. I think if you're like me, this season has kind of been filled with that. Maybe your thoughts have been filled with with some fear and again, maybe frustration. That's all normal. The kind of immediate reaction to this current circumstance and to our current season is one where it's it's actually been a battle. It's been a fight to remember the truth. But the key is, is not just the initial reaction, but where do we actually dwell? Like where do we stay and where do we focus? And so in this series, we're looking at how do we focus 
on the right things and again, direct our thoughts in the right direction so that we can make real progress. That's what Jesus wants. He wants us to make real progress in life. And the good news is he wants to help. And so where do you find yourself in your 50,000 thoughts? Uh, When you think about work, are there things in your work right now that are frustrating to you? Maybe there's some projects that you're working on. Maybe there's some coworkers that you have and you're just not seeing eye to eye. Maybe you have a boss that's just in this season of unknown. Maybe just the tasks and the demands are increasing and the stress is increasing and, and that's coming down to you. And that can lead to frustration. What you find is, again, if you don't keep your, your thoughts in check, we, we end up just becoming like a, like a dog without a leash. And for all those dog owners, you know that keeping a dog on a leash is, is helpful because if you don't, it just runs crazy. And it goes places maybe it shouldn't go. And that's actually what happens with our mind. Here you see a picture of a dog without a leash that just ran right to the garbage. And we look at that and it can be frustrating if you're a dog owner, it can be somewhat humorous, but that's actually what our mind does. Without putting it on a leash, it ends up in places that's not helpful. It's just trash, it's just garbage. And so in this series, we're looking at how do we take all the thoughts that we have and we direct them in the right way so that they're productive with the Lord's help. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to help us. And so I want to start with kind of this this major point, and it's this. Happiness can be unleashed from our circumstances. So speaking of leash now, happiness is actually not always tied directly to our circumstances. If you're like me, our circumstances could be good, they could be bad, and they determine whether we're going to have a good day or a bad day. The problem with that is that there's no way to gauge how your day is going to be because there's no way to gauge what our circumstances will look like. Recently, as I'm trying to stay up on the news and look at all the developments of reopening and starting to open up our county and opening up in our state, it's crazy how I can be so excited and motivated about the progress, but at the same time confused by other circumstances or new information that comes in. So when you're following circumstances and your happiness is tied to that, you actually end up running all over the place. Again, just like a dog on the loose. No real direction, burning a lot of energy, but not really getting down the path of progress. And so happiness can be unleashed from our circumstances, and this is how. To unleash this kind of happiness, we must put our mind on a leash. So to unleash the happiness that God wants us to experience, the well-being and the blessing that he has for us, We have to put our mind on a leash. There's a sense of why we can't just think thoughts and let it run wild. Now, you may never thought about that. You may just have a thought and you run with it. I know I have, but there's times in life where you realize I have a thought and if it's not true, I've just spent a ton of time thinking about something that may not happen. We tend to do that in our future. We tend to do that related to our past, but we actually have no control over those things. And so when we tend to think and focus on that, our mind, again, is unleashed. And so to unleash happiness, you actually have to leash your mind. And so in this series, we're going to look at how to do that. We're going to be focusing today on Philippians 4, which is in the New Testament. And it's written by the Apostle Paul, who started many churches, who really helped Christians in the first century learn how to walk with God. They were Christians and they were new and no one quite knew what that looked like in the world in which they lived. And he gave a lot of practical instruction. Well, in Philippians 4, he's writing specifically of a conflict that's taking place. And it's a conflict between two prominent women in the church, 
Yodia and Sintichi. And these two women were having a conflict. And instead of diving straight into the conflict, he actually wants to give perspective. And that's actually what, what God does with us. There's a sense in which we want our circumstances to change. But just like this season, we have no control over it. So what God wants to do is through his word, he wants to give us perspective so that if nothing changes, we know how to move forward. And so Paul gives this perspective of this conflict in this church. He's talking to the church. He's talking to these two women, but he's also communicating to us. How do we have the right perspective in conflict with our family, at work, within ourselves, when we're in turmoil, what do we do? Well, he starts in Philippians 4, verse 4, with this helpful perspective. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. When I was younger, I learned a song, and I don't know if you've heard this, but I'm going to sing it to you. And I am just going to apologize on the front end for this, but I think it's such a helpful reminder. The song is this, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, and again I say rejoice. Now, I'm sure you're not like, where can I buy that album, right? But what's helpful about that song, what I learned as a kid, is it's the emphasis of the rejoice. And in that song, you keep saying it, rejoice, again, rejoice, 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 rejoice. And it's to get that into our head. No matter our circumstances, we can actually choose to rejoice. Now, rejoicing in this original language, it's written in the Greek, it means to enjoy a state of happiness or well-being. Now, you know what's so fascinating about this? Again, Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. They're experiencing conflict. But he's writing this letter to them out of love, out of encouragement, out of concern. And he himself is in prison. Now think about that. Isn't that crazy? He starts with looking out for them, encouraging them to rejoice. And he's not saying that just to give them lip service. He's saying that because that is the position and the perspective that he has. Think about his circumstances. Would he have anything to rejoice about if he just focused on his circumstance of being in prison? No, he didn't, he didn't have freedom. His life was in turmoil. Everything had been taken away from him, but his well-being and the fact that he could rejoice was tied to the fact that God was there for him. God was looking out for him. God was gonna provide. And whatever happened, he knew, came through God's hand. He's sovereign. He's in control. And that's where Paul wants us to focus. You can rejoice and you can have this state of well-being knowing that God will work any circumstance you face for your good. So I think that's really helpful. That's part of how we leash our mind is realize that we can experience well-being because God is there for us. He is going to take care of us. So let's kind of take this a step further. And Paul doesn't just say rejoice and then ends the letter. So goodbye. No, he, he gives them actually perspective. How you rejoice is that beginning, okay, God's here. He hasn't left. He hasn't deserted me. What I'm facing, he knows about. What I'm dealing with, what I'm struggling with, he is aware of. So you start with, okay, I can rejoice. And again, I can say that I can rejoice. And then he gives some perspective 
that I think is helpful. So let's get into the how. So how to unleash happiness from our circumstances. Again, how to get off that roller coaster. Well, the first is that you need to redirect negative thought streams. You have to redirect those thoughts that take us in the wrong direction. Again, how do we get away from the garbage? Well, we have to go to a different destination. We have to leash our mind to think about what's right and what is true. Uh, Tommy Newberry wrote a book called The 4-8 Principle, and it's a helpful book that actually speaks specifically the 4-8 Principle of Philippians 4-8, a passage I'm going to talk about in a moment. But this is what he said about our thoughts. He says, what you persistently think inevitably crystallize into the words you speak and the things you do. Now that's fascinating. I don't know about you, but sometimes thoughts come in and I don't really weigh the value of what they do to my life. And what Tommy Newberry is saying is is what you think begins to crystallize and it actually translates into what you do. That's the power of those 50,000 thoughts. Again, they lead us in a direction. So Paul wants us to take our mind in the right direction. And he gives us the perspective to do that in Philippians 4.8, like I mentioned. This, this is what it says. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. I want to highlight just that last phrase, and then I'm actually going to go through each statement that Paul makes in that verse. It's crazy. That one verse, did you just see all the direction and the perspective that Paul gave? Rejoice. And again, rejoice. And then he focuses. Well, here's how you you focus your mind in the middle of your rejoicing. But he ends that with think about these things. Now, think about these things means you take an inventory. You have a mental record of events. Again, it's not just letting things come into your mind without it checking in at the door. You know, if the door is open, anything can come in, but the door to our mind is actually something that needs to be guarded, needs to be protected. And so you don't just let anything come in. It's the sense of, he's like, think of these things. Take inventory. Know what's coming into your mind. Even right there, that's a challenge to me of all the thoughts I have. Do I know what I'm thinking? Am I asking questions about those thoughts? And those questions are, again, what Paul describes step by step in the verse. Now, why do we need to do this? Well, we face circumstances. Some circumstances are good, and that may lead our thoughts to be good. But then the circumstances are bad, and what does that do? It leads our thoughts to be bad. And circumstances, they trigger just powerful thoughts and emotions. So what Paul is saying is, you don't run from your circumstances. You don't close your eyes and act like it's not true and it's not there. No, he's saying is actually, you lean in to what you face, good and bad. You lean into your circumstances and you do that with the right filters. And you do that knowing that God again is going to help you. And so as circumstances trigger these powerful thoughts and emotions, we can respond in the right way to direct our mind to the truth. So why is it important to think about these things as Paul says? Well, when you take inventory and when you're kind of guarding what comes into your mind, 
that helps you when, when circumstances come. Because bad circumstances, good circumstances, they, they all trigger powerful thoughts and emotions. And so when our circumstances trigger thoughts and emotions, again, our happiness, our perspective is tied to that. And so what Paul is saying is think about these things. Know what's coming into your mind so that when circumstances come, you know how to respond. You again know how to leash your mind in the right direction. There's a book that I've heard of called Changing Your Your Thought Patterns by George Sanchez. And in this book, he writes kind of a a helpful picture of of how to do this. And it's kind of an analogy of, of building a dam with our minds. Now, a dam redirects water to go in a certain direction or it raises water up that can be used for a reservoir or a power supply. And without that, the water just goes in the direction that it's headed. And that's just like our mind. Without thinking about things or kind of asking good questions about our thoughts, they just just go in any sort of direction. Well, in, in this book, he says you, you need to build a, a dam to redirect those negative uh, thought streams. Now, here's a picture of, of the Hoover Dam, which is a just crazy picture of engineering. And oftentimes when we think of maybe redirecting our thoughts. We think like, I have to build this infrastructure and I have to redirect my thoughts and it can seem overwhelming like we're trying to build the Hoover Dam by ourselves. Well, there's another picture of a dam and this is a a beaver dam. Now, a beaver dam is actually a bunch of twigs and branches that are put together in place that that a beaver builds to again redirect the water supply. That's the type of thing that we can do with God's help that begins in our thoughts. And when Paul states in Philippians 4, everything that we focus on, it's like taking a twig or branch or something like this, and you you place it in place in your mind. And it begins to ask these questions. Well, is this something I should be dwelling on? And so as we look at these, I want you to kind of have this picture, okay? When I think about what Paul is saying here, it's like grabbing the branch in my mind and, and trying to really align it with what is right, with God's view of things. And so let's kind of work through each part of the passage in uh, verse 8. And it starts with whatever is true. Now, truth is something that God has given us in his word. So I got the, the big kind of branch here. Uh, what is true is actually a really helpful question to start with. The thought that I just had about this situation, about this person, about my circumstance, is it true? If you can put that in place to redirect then you are already using a lot of energy in the right direction. Because if it's not true, then you just, it needs to flow the other way. It's not true, I don't need to focus on it. It's not happened, it's not real, I don't need to to dwell on that. And so whatever is true, that's that that first picture. And the true there is just this idea of what really is. What is reality? Is that really true? And if it's not, again, I don't need to focus on it. The second is, is whatever is, is honorable. Now, honorable here, this means to dwell on what's good, uh, to be careful, to be accurate. Now, have you faced a circumstance recently, maybe even just as you've looked at social media, just based on things reopening or new guidelines or can we go out, can we not go out, do we need to stay at home? What, have you looked at that and it's easy to just blow your thoughts out of proportion? Like, well, we're never gonna be able to go out ever again. Have you? had thoughts like that? I know I have, or it's never going to be the same. And that actually may be true, but we don't really know. And so the idea of of whatever is is honorable, it's 
let's focus on on what's accurate. And so one of the things you want to kind of do in this aspect is, is just ask God, God, help me to have an accurate understanding of what's happening, an accurate picture of my circumstance, of what I'm facing, of the person that I'm dealing with. Like, help, help me to see accurately what they're going through, what they're dealing with. When you do that, again, you're putting something in place that's redirecting your mind to what's helpful. Uh, the second is whatever is just. Now, this is the size of these branches don't signify the significance of what Paul's talking about. But again, it's just they all fit together in place to build that dam to redirect the negative thought streams. Whatever is just uh, speaks to fairness and, and justice. So in my thoughts of people specifically, maybe as conflict is erupting, maybe as we're not seeing eye to eye, am I actually being more harsh with them than I would be with myself? So this, whatever is just, it's really speaking to, to being harsh. Uh, here's a video of of dogs that are kind of barking at each other. And and this can be a lot of what family life looks like. Let's check this out. So just as asking like, really, do do I need to be barking? Do I need to be kind of in attack mode? And that's a good thing to ask because again, that helps our minds think about what's true. The next that Paul says is, is think about what's, what's pure. Again, don't let your mind go to the garbage. Think about what's, what's clean, what's right, what's accurate, what's good. And you put that in place. The next, whatever is, is lovely. I grew up in England. We use lovely a lot. Food can be lovely. A person can be lovely. Specifically, when Paul says lovely, he's talking about what's, what's pleasing, what's friendly, and what's acceptable. Again, am I having a thought that's actually putting me in a situation and putting me in a position that I can actually look to bless people. That's kind of lovely. Like, can I put myself in a position to bless them? That's a real important thing to think through. The next is whatever is commendable. This is speaking well of, not talking down to people, not talking bad about people, not getting into to gossip, talking about what someone else is doing, thinking the worst. Paul is saying is no commendable is, is you actually want to think the best of people. Again, we talked about that, but goodwill. Talked about that last week, like having goodwill towards people, not, not thinking the worst. And then he goes on and says, if there is any excellence. Now, this is another one, like this is moral excellence. Uh, keeping your mind fo- focused on the good, not just the bad. Now, this is a struggle for me. Sometimes when a circumstance is not going the way I want, Oftentimes when people aren't doing what I want them to do, even the people that I love the most, I tend to focus on the bad. Do you do that? It's so easy to do that. What Paul is saying is like, if there's any excellence, any good that you can see, you need to focus on that. Any good that you can see could come out of this, you need to focus on that. Again, we, we tend to think pessimist, optimist, half, full, half empty. Well, biblically, we actually do want to think about what's excellent, what good can come, what good there is. Focus on those. And as you do, again, you're, you're building something that's redirecting our mind in the right way. And then the final thing, his charge that he gives us is if there's anything, now notice, anything worthy of praise. Again, what could we thank God for in our lives right now? And so I actually want to kind of put this to practice again, an interaction on the chat. 
Now I know this is a little bit different, but if we were in person on a Sunday, oftentimes I may even ask people to stand up and, and testify, give, give an example. But since we're not in person, I'd like you to do this on the chat. So right now, as you look back, we've had 12 Sundays, about 11 weeks, that we've not been able to have life as normal. We've been sheltering in place. I know life has been hard and we could spend a lot of time focusing on all the bad. But again, that's just gonna take us to the garbage. What Paul is saying and what God wants us to get is for happiness to really come into our lives, we have to look at things differently. So right now on the chat, I'd like you just take a moment and just in front of everyone say, what, what, what's some good that you can see in your own life? What's some good that you can see for our church? What's some good that you can see uh, for your family, for our community? If there's anything excellent, is there something that we can thank God for? So right now, I'd like you to do that. Let's just take a moment on the chat and thank God for what he's done in this season. Is there a new learning you've experienced? So go ahead, just start jotting those. And so I encourage you really, Get interactive here. I think this is where God is pleased because in the middle of everything, we can say, you know what? Let's focus on what's excellent. Let's focus on what is true, what is just, what is honorable, what is commendable. And in that, doesn't that change our perspective? So hopefully you're seeing some things that are encouraging you. And as you're thinking, hopefully that's reminding you of all that God can do. Again, circumstances trigger powerful thoughts and powerful emotions. But if we redirect them away from those negative streams with God's help, doesn't that change our perspective? Now I wanna kind of finalize and end my my thoughts on this, uh, that we tend to, to feel and we then think and then we do. What Paul is saying is actually, you need to think, and that's what he's telling us. How do we think? In Philippians 4, 8, is a formula for how to think right, how to redirect. Then you need to do. So you think about it, then you need to put it into action. And then you feel it. So isn't that so counterintuitive? Oftentimes we want to feel it first, then we'll think about it, then we'll do it. But what Paul is saying is actually think first, do it, put it into action and then you'll feel it. That is how happiness is unleashed. Practically, I've asked Joel Berry to share, uh, just on video, uh, how this has looked in his life. As he's faced thoughts that may be taking him in the wrong direction, I've asked him to share how God has helped him to redirect his thoughts in a way that has actually helped him to make progress and for him to really see that God is working right in his life in the present. So let's hear from Joel. When thinking about my thoughts, I go back even to my childhood and realize how worry and anxiety has been a struggle with me um, for for a lot of my life. And as I've grown in my relationship with God and into adulthood, uh, I've understood better how to battle and how to um, handle those thoughts and emotions based on the tools God's equipped me with. One of the biggest things is redirecting my thoughts and realizing a couple of things. One is, if a thought comes into my mind, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. It's just a thought. And the other thing is, I don't have to dwell on that thought. 
it can come and go. Uh, but then what do I think about? Where do, where do I redirect my thoughts to? Um, the work that I do can be uh, inconsistent. And so because of that, over the last 14 years, largely, uh, my family and I have been month to month, which means I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to make each month. Now, there have been seasons over these 14 years where I've landed a bigger contract and I've been able to see ahead a little farther, uh, my wife and I, to see uh, the finances. But largely, the bigger picture of the last 14 years, it's been often um, month to month. And that has given opportunity for doubt and worry and concern. And obviously, uh, finances can be a big stress. And God has taught me through this time to trust Him and really redirect my thoughts to the truth. So anytime a thought comes into my head, um, I have to decide if it's the truth or not. And what God has helped me is learn His Word and Scripture. So recently I was reading in Second Chronicles chapter 29 and 30, and especially chapter 30, I was able to identify some characteristics of God. And those characteristics were that He is kind, uh, that He is gracious, that He pardons, that He forgives, that He heals, and that he listens. And so when I'm in the middle of emotion and dealing with thoughts that may be uh, anxious or fearful or worry or, or even angry and, and upset that I, I'm concerned God might rip me off, when I go back to the truth of Scripture, I can say that's, that's not who he is. He's actually very kind to me, and he's very gracious to me, and he listens. So if I have a concern or I have something I want to share with him, there's a God whose ears are open to me. That's, that's the truth. Um, and that he, he pardons, he, he forgives, and that he brings healing. That's the God I serve. And over the years, when my thoughts have wanted to go one way, and they have gone one way, I, I'm learning to bring them back in and say, wait, this is the truth. And then I stop there. I don't, I don't let uh, it run to all the what ifs or what about this or what about that because that isn't the truth. What is true is that there's a God who is kind and gracious, who pardons, who forgives, who heals, and who listens to me. And there are many more characteristics as you dig into Scripture to say, that's the truth about God. And remembering those things and standing on that truth has made all the difference. Well, thank you, Joel, for sharing. Uh, that, that's encouraging for, for me to hear. Thank you for just, just your sense of how God is, is working in, in your life. And I think all of us, if we take the time to do what Paul is saying, uh, we, we can find the same thing. And that is so encouraging. That's where we can praise God for, thank you, God, for the work that you're doing, even right here and right now. As I close out the service, I want to actually give you a series preview of where things are headed. What I encourage you to do is come back each week over the next few weeks to, to just watch with us online uh, each week of this service. I think these things uh, will be a help to you as we dig into God's Word, again, to direct our thoughts in the right way. So today we talked about happiness unleashed. Uh, next week, we're going to be talking about who do you think you are? How our self-image, again, impacts our thoughts. Uh, the week after that, we're going to be talking about a pack of thieves. How do we deal with resentment and bitterness? I know that that's easy to creep in. Well, how do we deal with that? And how do we redirect those thoughts? The week after that, we're going to be talking about triggered how to avoid being triggered by worry and anxiety. What do we do when those thoughts come? The week after that, we're gonna be talking about joy, joy every day, and how do we have the right perspective that builds us up with God's help, and then how do we build others up? The week after that, stay alert. 
We're gonna be talking about the battle that's going on in our mind and how do we stay alert to fight, to think the right thoughts. And then we're gonna close out the series talking about healthy habits. So all that we've talked about, how do we actually build that into habits so that our mind can stay leashed and going in the right direction. So I hope that you'll join us for the rest of this series. I think it's gonna be encouragement to you. I encourage you, invite a neighbor to watch with us. Invite a family member, a friend, someone that you think, you know, I think this would be an encouragement to them. So go ahead and think through somebody that that you can invite and extend an invitation and just give them the link to, to our service. As we close out, I wanna give you some next steps. Again, this is our way. We need to to think, right? Then we need to to do. And then we feel. And so here's some things. We've talked a lot about the thinking. Let's talk a little bit about the doing. The first is, I encourage you to memorize Philippians 4.8. In fact, I think as a whole church, we should memorize this verse. I think in this season, right now, that has so much truth for all of us. And so you may wanna write it on a three by five card. On one side, you write Philippians 4.8. On the flip side, you write the reference. You may want to write it somewhere in your car where you can you see it. You could put it on your phone, on a note, however you, you need to see it so you can remember it. But just each day, focus on a part of that verse and then put it to another part, put it to another part. And then by the end of the week, you'll have it memorized. So just begin to chunk. And I think that will be such a helpful reminder to us. So first next step, memorize Philippians 4.8. So what do you do with these next steps? Well. As Elise mentioned, fill out your connection card. That's your way of communicating with us. That's also our way of of helping you get more plugged in to Ridgeview Church. And so this next step, you just can say, I wanna memorize Philippians 4. I'd love to know this week who's gonna memorize that. And I'll pray for you that you can really not only memorize it, but that experience the perspective of the help that God brings. Second next step is this, sign up for a topic group. Now, topic groups are gonna be focusing on specific topics that can help us in life. We're gonna be looking at wisdom and marriage and growing spiritual disciplines and learning how to share our faith. Well, these are actually giving us perspective, which again, help us to remember what's true about our marriage. Help us remember what's true about our life and our decisions. Help us remember what's true about our faith and how we can extend that and share that with others and be salt and light like we talked about last week. So I encourage you, sign up for a topic group. I think a Being in a group encourages you, it will help you learn and grow in friendships with other people. And so on the connection card, you can express interest and sign up for a specific group. I encourage you to do that. And then the last one is, as we've been talking and you're looking at your own thoughts, you may just realize like, I I just don't have the help and guidance I need. And it may be because you've never decided to follow Jesus. You may be just trying to navigate your thoughts and navigate your circumstances all by yourself. And you're again, you're trying to redirect these streams, but you don't have the power to do it. Well, today you can decide to follow Jesus. You can surrender your life to him for the first time. And so you may want to commit your life to Christ as Lord. That word Lord there means he's, he's your boss. And then you can accept him as your savior for the first time. That means he can save me from my sins. He can save me from the fact that I just keep going off track. And so if you've never decided to follow Christ, put that on your connection card and we will follow up with you. So I hope that's been a help. I'm really excited about this series. I know it's gonna be a helpful encouragement and perspective to me, and I hope it will be to you as well. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to worship you, 
to sing songs which are true about you, to look at your word, which gives us direction and help and shows us how to get traction, even in our mind, the things that we sometimes just don't even take inventory of. Thank you, God, for the help that you bring. I pray as we dwell on Philippians 4.8 that you'll really help us to put these branches in place in our mind to redirect our thoughts in a way that honors you. So we ask for your help in this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.